another what episode? 20 or 32. I was like 20. Wow. 32. I can't believe it. 32 episodes. You know what? I'm really proud of us for having this because mm. I mentioned this like almost every podcast. We have whole ass jobs besides yeah. this. And yet we still make it work for our girls. Like it's turned into a brunch. Oh yeah. We got lunch food out today. We got full spread. Crescents, which is the knockoff croissants from Walmart. And I put some cheap cheese in there. Crack cheese. I don't care what anybody tells me. I'm going to eat it like that. Crack cheese? Crack cheese. Mm. And then we got mimosas, pineapple mango mimosas. Oh, so good. She did a generous pour. <laughs> yeah, with the wafting of the pineapple orange juice or pineapple mango juice. Perfect. <laughs> and then we got like a little cheese board and some fruit. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know why, but I was like, we just get this tofu vegan. More dumplings? Yeah. Yes, please. Fuck it. Oh, yeah. But today, in this book, so we read The Other Black Girl. Yeah. Yeah, we did. It was, yeah, it's um the other black girl by what as uh, how you say her name Zika Dahlia. I want to say Zakaya. There we go. Yeah, Zakaya Dahlia Harris. Zakia. What's Zakaya? Zakia Zakaya. I'm oh, sorry. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm awful with names. Anyway, uh, this book gave me very much like Get Out meets like Devil Wears Prada vibes. Mm, mm. You know. And you know what? That might be a reason because, as you guys know, Michelle and I are branching out into different genres, which I'm totally open to. But at the same time, it also tells me that just there's going to be more exploring of books that I haven't read before. This book is more on the satire end of things. Mm -hmm. Contemporary, kind of like horror. Yeah. And it's just telling me that I would rather watch this in a show because I was reading up on the book and I think they're going to make it a show. They are. Hulu is looking into it i would rather watch the show than read this book i think it's gonna make a really great show yeah um this is just not my type of book it mm-hmm. and i think it's important for me to stress that when i tell people because you know me and my child really couldn't made it <laughs> <laughs> but when i say i don't particularly care for a book sorry or that it's not my type of book mm-hmm. it doesn't it doesn't mean it's a bad book no it's, it's not still my good book. book yeah it's still a good book it's not my type of book but I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. It was spooky as hell. Like, made me feel like I was on crack the whole time. Really? Because I didn't get that. I was, like, on edge. Like, I could feel my mood shifting. I was, like, weird. It's, like, affecting me. Maybe the reason, like, for me, is what the character's experience. I think it's spooky. I just got... Like, I wasn't freaked out or scared. I got anxious. But I feel yeah, like I got anxious, anxious because... Some of the experiences she's had, I've either thought mm-hmm. or I've experienced. Right. So for me, not, I felt like the book was a slow start, which I think was trying to add to the book. Mm-hmm. But for me, it ended up being because I also kind of lived through, but I could relate to the character with real life personal experiences. It gave for me sure. some anxiety. So it probably didn't help the fact that I was even slower reading it because <laughs> of all of that. Like, I didn't get spooky. I was just, it was just too slow for me. Mm-hmm. It was just too slow. It was slow, but suspenseful at the same time. But I, I don't know. It was hard that, to describe. I think that's why I would I would want to see it like on As Hulu. a show. Yeah, yeah. It would make a really good show. It would probably help with the confusion because it does ta- it does hop from different timelines and different perspectives as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. So so mm-hmm. like this novel follows a woman who is the only black person um, working in a publishing company. I've done that. 
I was um, super interested in this book when Stephanie told me about it because it was like a mystery thrill, um, thriller mm-hmm. and it's set in the modern day office. I was a little bit intrigued, but I didn't know this book was going to take me down like this rabbit hole and put me into this whole conspiracy mode. <laughs> like that, Especially at the end. <laughs> I was like, all right, we've just entered the twilight zone. Oh, but yeah. Shall I set the scene? Yeah, all right. I was busy drinking my mimosa. (laughs) Let me get sipping. No! Yum. All right, Nella Rogers is the only Black girl in the office at Wagner Books, a publishing house in New York City. So she is uh, thrilled when Hazel, a new Black girl, is hired. They They slowly hit it off. Um, talking about hair care routines. Mm-hmm. Um, Nella finally finds an office companion when she starts receiving threatening notes on her desk. Yeah. That say, leave Wagner, Wagner now. Who is sending these uh, terrible notes to her? That is the whole question of this book. It was me. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's probably you. It was me. It's like, bitch, up. It's not working here, please. I've definitely felt what she's felt, though. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. How... I think the thing is, is that the best way I can describe it is when it comes to being Black in America versus, like, the history of America, right? Right. And how it has treated Black people. Black people have, Black Americans have their own culture. Mm-hmm. And there's just a certain amount of understanding. So I definitely understand when you get excited about having somebody else who comes from that same culture, Black American, mm-hmm. because it's like, I have somebody who I can relate to. It's it's almost a security in the sense that if I say I experienced something that was off, that if I explain it to my coworker, who's also Black, mm-hmm. that they can either be like, no, 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 you're good, or 100%. You don't, you feel, I can only explain from my end, is that, I feel least likely to be gaslit about my experiences right. with coworkers who happen to be white. Yeah. And they do say something. So there's sometimes, even at the job I'm at right now, it's predominantly, there's different cultures and people who speak different languages and religions, but there's few Black people there that work there. I can, literally, if I count myself, there's three. Mm-hmm. And if I experience something, because I work at a hotel, if I experience something with a guest that is traveling they could still be american and still be traveling like maybe a small part of the states and then just this is their first time on a plane yeah and interacting with somebody and they have something they say something to me and i'm like oh like (laughs) that that doesn't that's not okay okay yeah i mean i've had times with my coworker where somebody said it in front of me and she was passing by and she stopped and she looked at me and i looked at her and we were like okay yeah they really did just say that yeah it is less it's reassuring that like i feel like less I would say less racism is likely to happen, but I feel like you're going to, for me, I'm going to be less gaslit about situations. Like mm-hmm. if I have a problem that I'll still be seen and it Someone will be dealt with. Like back you up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Especially because the counting myself, like I said, there's three of us. They're all women, black women. So yeah. especially if I talk about any type of sexism, but they also have women in like high positions at my job as well. So if I'm talking about sexist stuff, I could talk to any of the managers, mm-hmm. but like, but I also feel that I have phenomenal managers throughout the hotel that regardless of the race, if I brought it up, they would not put, they would be like, ah, yeah, <laughs> no. So yeah, no, nah, we're not doing that. Yeah. But I definitely understand being excited when you see somebody, 
that's essentially kind of shares a culture thing. Yeah, you can relate to them, someone to talk to. Yeah, like the amount of times I talk to them about my hair care routines. Right. Because that is a cultural thing. Yeah. And I say, oh, girl, what did you use for your hair? It looks really nice. She's like, girl, all I did was this, 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 and this. I'm like, well, have you tried this product? And because it's so ingrained in our culture, it's just nice to kind of have that back and forth. Yes, for sure. Or like, it's just nice. Like, I'll say, girl, this, I said, I blew my hair out. You know, this lady, this, this old, <laughs> old white lady was real mean to me. And she was like, that's an interesting hairstyle. And I'll be like, oh, oh, thanks. And she's like, they hired you with that? And she'll be like, yeah, they promoted me with it too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my coworkers are like, yes. Snaps and chat. Exactly. Like you obviously, Michelle, like we still work together. You'd be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like you wouldn't be okay. But it's a little, like it's still different mm-hmm. in that sense where, I don't know. It's still different. It's still different. Yeah. Yeah. But I, so I can definitely get the excitement that Nella had when it came to, um, Oh my God. Hazel. Thank you. I was yeah. going to say Hayden, but like no. Hazel. Yeah. Hazel. To Hazel. Cause mm-hmm. it's like, especially with, um, being in the publishing thing. Cause she consistently, the thing I do like is she talks about the book. Yeah. Is they work at a publishing company and she's, she's an editor. Yeah. And, um, assistant to ass- the editor. Yeah. Assistant to the editor. Yeah. And they talk about her having a hand in things that are published, mm-hmm. which is important when it comes to representation For sure. and how, particular characters are represented the same with like when it comes to women because they do talk about that in the book as well yeah they, like how important. like that one book that they were reading like needles and pens mm-hmm. by colin fuckface colin sensitive ass <laughs> colin i'm gonna go cry to my mom colin is racist gender complaining man <laughs> <laughs> Like, yes, exactly. Like his character, they're talking about the opium epidemic and then the cover ended up being like a black girl. It's supposed to be all communities were suffering through it. Right. But somehow or another, they just highlight. And the main character whose name is Chartricia. Or was it Chartreuse? I don't know. Chartricia. I feel like Nellie kept like, Nella kept like changing the name. (laughs) Well, yeah, because the thing is- Making fun of it. Yeah. I think the part- Huh? It was like so racially charged. Like, it was. And the thing is, and like, how did they not see it? Well, that, I think it's also right. You're like, how did you not know? I think the point that like, I was having a conversation with Carrie Lee, like, as you know, and I was talking to her and it had something completely different about this book. But Hi, Carrie. <laughs> and, um, and I was saying that when it comes to like calling out, uh, like working in corporate America, because mm-hmm. this is what this is about. Oh, yeah. And calling out white people on their bullshit. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people just don't know. And there's, I, I right. feel like for me, I, I can kind of sense that when people are curious or they genuinely don't know. Yeah. And there's just some people who you're just like, it, I feel like for me, it's like, it's a fine line because mm-hmm. it depends on the individual. Like, I'll use you as an example, Michelle. If you did or said something that was a little sensitive, mm-hmm. I feel very comfortable saying, hey, just a heads up, like this, 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 and this. And you would genuinely listen to it and take it in and go, oh, shit. Okay, I'll do do something. Or what can I do differently? Right. Or I didn't mean it that way. Yeah. And then, you know, you keep pushing. Mm -hmm. Where I feel like when it comes to, like, random white people I might meet, there's a high chance I'll be gaslit about it. Yeah. Like Colin did in the book. Like Colin did. Instead of taking it in and, like, trying to hear what she was trying to say, he 
got defensive and then wanted an apology. He called her racist. Exactly. I don't know. <laughs> how do you call her racist? How are you an author and don't know the definition of racism? Right? Like, she doesn't have that much power to suppress you. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> how is she going to be racist against her own? What the hell? And I love the fact that she's, and she's well, calling I mean, out. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, hey, this seems a little, like, she she doesn't have an ending. She, this character doesn't have this. this. Is really like she doesn't have any character development. Exactly, and she and it has to do with other. She's like, she doesn't have any. If you're trying to be inclusive of races and cultures, she's like this character. This particular character doesn't have any character development. Mm-hmm. Like she just happens to just be an, an addict, and that's the end of her story. The start and beginning of her story. Yeah, and if you're trying to be inclusive of like cultures and races, you need to talk about each of the characters and what they're going through and all of that. And instead of hearing her, the critique that she is part of her fucking job to do, mm-hmm. he gets his feelings. What hurt. they asked for. Exactly. They asked for a real live, like, yeah. critique, you know? But the, you know what? Because, like, you know, if you're going to publish this book and then, like, the public sees it and they're like, oh, what the hell did you publish? Exactly. Then they're going to get backlash and it's going to be whose fault? It's going to be the person who was supposed to be editing it, yeah. which is her. And it's like, well, you didn't listen to her. Yeah, critiques aren't always easy to hear, but they're mm-hmm. necessary in growth. And Colin just wanted somebody to just praise him. He mm-hmm. didn't actually want to critique. And he was, and I love the fact that he said he's like a seasoned author who could take it. Obviously not. No, he's not. And the thing is, is that you, everybody, everybody has a bias. Mm-hmm. It just depends on how you grew up, where you grew up. There's so many factors to it. And that could reflect in Colin, but instead of trying to grow from it, he just, even Vera was like, Telling Nella, you should apologize to him. Right? You heard in, his oh my gosh, she's like, apologize him to him in um email or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, red flags, they're gonna use that against you, probably. Mm-hmm. Like having in writing. Absolutely. I was like scared for her. It's and it's and it's how it's twisted. Like mm-hmm. I think that's the part is that like for me, I'm like, ooh, like, do I and that's the tricky part, especially working in corporate America. I saw that. <laughs> working work like corporate America, you just think, am I going to call this individual out, and are they going to take it as like a critique and a like a uh, as like, hey, let's do better? And yeah, we situation. can like work through this. We can exactly. like, fix this and then know, like together. Where, yeah, here's where you messed up. This mm-hmm. is how you can fix it. Let's keep it pushing. Yeah. Or is it going to be somebody who gets in their feelings and think it's an attack on their character? Right. Because it's not an attack on your character. Mm-mm. It's saying, it's a room for growth. Exactly. And I think that's the part where I I don't want to talk to the whole black community, but I feel like I can see where people will struggle with that because you can come off. <coughs> I think even as women, like you mm-hmm. can come off and be very feminist, very in this, and people will take it one way, and you're like that. All I wanted was just this to be corrected. All yeah. I wanted is this particular character to have growth and meaning. It's fine if you know you show the struggles of cultures that people are going to. But please yeah. don't have this black woman in Bantam not to be, if she's not the main, main character, like, why are you having her there? Yeah. And she doesn't have any character development. Like, if you want her to be the main character, have character development. That's mm-hmm. what makes the story interesting. Yeah. We want to feel something for this character. Absolutely. Like, give her depth. <laughs> Thank you. And I think that's that's something that I feel like our generation is slow. It's slow, but it's... It, it's slow in the fact that the people in power who have the power to do it mm-hmm. act like Colin, I feel like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I see it everywhere. Yeah. So I feel like it's a generation thing. I feel like people now, like our generation, will be quick to be like, uh, yeah, this doesn't sound right. This yeah. is not. This and then they'll take it as a personal attack. Yeah. But I feel like our generation will be like, 
um, this narrative doesn't have any character development. It sounds like this, this, and this. And it's one thing to be aware that everybody has a bias and then call it out and say, like, oh, this is, this is, need more character development here. This is showing a little bit of a caricature. And then go, okay, yeah, let's, how, what should I do in order to have this character to have a character development? Right, yeah. I don't know, Michelle. I don't, I don't know. I made a dip if you like the dip. I love I love the dip. Isn't that sesame seed oil and yeah, soy sauce? Soy sauce. And white vinegar and jalapenos and garlic and sesame seed oil. Mm. Oil and sesame seed. That's real good. And tears. That's the tears tea. really make it, you know? Yeah. It's a little bit of a zing to it. Mm -hmm. Are they orphan tears? <laughs> No, no, no. They're virgin tears. Virgin tears. Mm. Cost so, me so, like so Colin's tears. No, no, virgin, not jackass. Oh, good. Yeah, that would have a bitter taste to it. Yeah, I'm not trying to. No, no. It's like a capers. I don't want capers. In this. No. Should we talk about the characters? Since there's so many in this book, right? So we got Nella. She's a 26-year-old editorial assistant. She's the main character. Mm -hmm. Then there's Hazel. Hazel, she's the new girl in the office. With locks. Yeah. She looks dope and cool and like, like, I don't know, too cool. And kind of like... She has a bit of a swagger to her. Yeah. I'm like, bam. <laughs> like a little people pleaser and you feel like an ass kisser. Ooh. Well, that's the funny thing. is She doesn't come off like that in the beginning. Like She's definitely more... No, she does. Really? Yeah, that one time she's with Vera, and she goes in the office with Maisie, and well, then she's just like, like talking to um, Vera and Maisie, and like Nella's sitting there, and she's just like agreeing with every single thing they say. Well, I mean, in the very beginning, when she's first introduced, right, right, yeah. yeah. Not there, the there's beginning. a point where she does slowly, where you kind of see her character, and you're like, she, she kind of reminds me of Uncle Tom. It's like a sellout almost. Essentially, that's. I mean, yeah. I mean, you didn't read the end of the book. I didn't. Finish. The book was so slow. I mean, she is a sellout. I kind of ruined it's it. funny because in the end of the book, she does get referred to as an Uncle Tom. Yeah. By Nella. Yeah. But not by her, by her own words. She's like, you said it. I didn't say it. Well, and that's the thing is that uh, that's definitely that's all that's a, as a black person in America. I don't know about other cultures. I can't talk about other cultures, but being called an Uncle Tom from my like experience it's a huge slap in the face right yeah it's a huge it's essentially saying like you're betraying your your own mm -hmm. it's a betrayal right and that, that comes from and i forget the whole history about it but it comes from the saying it's gonna bug me though mm -hmm. of uncle tom coming from Huckle, i think it's huncleberry finn from a book, book. and it's yeah, a, partic book. a particular character mm -hmm. in that book and his and how he acts I don't know what's going to bug me. I don't think it's Huckleberry Finn. But it's a particular character. It's based off a book. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of a sellout. He's kind of a character, like, trucking and driving kind of thing. I think he has his own book. I think it's just called Uncle Tom's Cabin or something, you know? Yeah. yeah, it's just like, yeah, there's an Uncle Tom's Cabin. I think it's based off of that one. Yeah. But. Never read it. <laughs> though it's Life Among a Lowly, the Lowly is an anti-slave no uh, novel. So. I, it's a huge slap in the face if somebody calls you Uncle Tom. Because people who would see uh, you as Uncle Tom based off like growing up hearing it, 
not, not personally being called that, but mm-hmm. it's just you're a sellout or you, you try to essentially bend over backwards for like white people. Yeah. And particularly like racist white people mm-hmm. in order to be liked. And it's one, like, it goes back to, like, instead of correcting somebody and saying, like, if they've obviously done something wrong and sending, like, a correction, like, that's the best way I can think about it, of just letting it go when you could have gently just corrected them Mm -hmm. or mentioned it. And the fact that you're just willing to do whatever they want in order to appease them and even sell out your own kind. Yeah. I'll only speak for Black America. But just like in order to step on the, like, you know, in order to be liked. Yeah. It's, it's your, your, you're called it all the time. And that's a huge slap in the face, regardless of what you're called. Mm-hmm. I've been called some things, uh, racist things. Not by, but I'd say Uncle Tom is the one thing I've heard black people call other black people they feel like are selling out of each other. And it's, it's, a, it's a like, ooh, mm-hmm. like, why would you say that? Yeah. I thankfully never been called that. But it's just, yes, I did not finish the book. <laughs> It was just too slow for me, but it was definitely towards the middle of the book. I was like, she's, she, and the thing is, she's like, oh yeah, she's all four. Did you eat the last cheese croissant? I'm going to be mad. Where's this one? I think it's this one. It's, it's definitely like, um, I felt a little bit of that. Because on one end, she would tell Nella, like, oh, we're cool, we're this and that. She's very true. She's like, I agree with you about this Pins and Needles book. It's yeah. awful. And then when they get into a meeting. And they get into a meeting with Richard, the um, the boss, the, the owner. owner of the company, Richard Ragnar, mm-hmm. and Vera. She's all like, oh, my God, I loved this book. And you're like, that's not what you said. Mm-hmm. Very two-faced. Mm-hmm. You get going back to appeasing them. Yeah in order to be liked but also the thing that i thought was interesting was like richard the owner he had i feel like he had a fetish because there was a point where they do mention he was cheating on his wife mm-hmm. and then i think he was sleeping with one of the characters wasn't he? yeah 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 so in this book there's two main time periods that book the, the book flips between like it's from like yeah 1983 and then 2018 mm-hmm and Richard Wagner is alive in both. Sadly. <laughs> and in the 1983, there's this um, author who comes up is Diana Gordon. Mm-hmm. And she... She's another sellout. She's, yes. She's paired with Kendra, who is the the first, like, probably, maybe, the, I think the first black female editor at Wagner in, yeah. in 1983. Mm-hmm. And she was... Um, she worked with Diana on her book, mm-hmm. uh, Burning Heart. Yeah. In the book. A book within the book. Okay. Um, and they oh. become like this dynamic duo, these two women, mm-hmm. and they make this book like number one bestseller. Yeah. They go on interviews together. It's great. Wonderful time. And then like something shifts. Something happens to Kendra and she just disappears back in like 1983. Um, and Richard and um, Diana are like kind of together. I think they're fucking. They're totally fucking. They're like on the side. She even has like a husband or a boyfriend or whatever, and he's married. Mm-hmm. And they're like just like full on like having an affair, having an affair with each other. And then they get like 
It just gets is bad, like in the end of the book. You can definitely spoil it for me. Um, because I'm not gonna finish it. I'm on chapter like what seventeen. Mm-hmm. I'm like so close to finishing, but I told Michelle I was like, I just couldn't. I couldn't finish it. In the end of the book, um, you find out. Well, it's connected to something else. I'll, I'll we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put a pin in that. Um. Anyway, they're fucking. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you know, like, we'll put it in that. Anyway, they're fucking. But then, like, in 2018, they're still together. Yeah. Oh, so they're still having an affair. They're still having an affair in okay. 2018. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Um, Diana's husband, like, apparently left her, and then, like, now they're, like, on the side or whatever. She's, like, the side chick. Wow, you didn't do too well, Diana. Yeah. And it seems like Richard hasn't left his wife yet. Uh-uh. Convenient. Yeah. Convenient. Oh. Mm. So, like, reading the book really made me miss, like, having a work wife <laughs> at my own job. Because <laughs> I'm only, I'm the only woman in my office upstairs. I'm sorry. Now, currently. Yeah. And I'm like, it's all dudes up here. Mm. All by myself. Mm. I'm like, I love you guys. Eric, you're great. It's not the same. It's just not the same. And I, I'm like, I miss my work wife, Stephanie. With the paper clips. Mm-hmm. Paper clips and all. You know what's funny? Speaking about paper clips at my job, I always need a paper clip. So I go to the front desk and I'm like, do you guys have a paper clip? And then, so now when I have my own paper clip, they're like, do you need a paper clip? I was like, I have my own paper clips. Uh-uh. So the paper clip saga continues. Oh, good. Now I'm just waiting for her to throw them at people. I've already done that. Oh, okay. <laughs> great. <laughs> at the front desk, I'm like, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah. Why they still have me there, I'm not quite sure. They but just, I enjoy it. They love you so much. <laughs> um, like, I don't, I know you don't drink. Do you want some more champagne? Just please. <laughs> With a little bit of wafting of the juice. Just, just some, a little bit of juice. Yeah, like a splash. <laughs> I'm looking over the notes. I'm like, where are we? You know, I was they are. They're like, like I said, the the beef jerky of veganism. <laughs> <laughs> These dried tomatoes. It's funny because it's like, I know there's some salt on it. It has to be something. Oh yeah, for them to dry them. Yeah, hundred percent. But it's like tasting. There's just like a hint of sweetness. Mm-hmm. ASMR. Eating tomatoes. <laughs> I can't do mouth sounds, but I can do like the optometrist, like going to the doctors. The doctors give me the chills all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, the apothecary's knife, which is really alike, but uh, or if I'm like hiding somewhere and they're like digging you up, that sounds horrible out loud. <laughs> but uh, yeah. But once it's like people are like mouth sounds. No, thank you. Yeah. God, I hate it. Loud chewers, no thank you. No thank you. Mm-mm. Okay. So we, we already talked about it, but they mentioned, like, code switching. Oh, yeah. In the book. I try not to do that too much. I mean, there's sometimes... Have I code switch? Yes. Do I still do it? Yes. I work in customer service. <laughs> this was, like, the first time I heard it. Really? <laughs> so I had to look it up, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. All right. Yeah. It's kind of sad because mm-hmm. it feels like you can't be your authentic self, but right. especially after returning 
30, and I turned my late 20s, I decided to just be my more authentic self. I don't know what that means for other people, especially me working customer service. It could be a bad thing. <laughs> but um, I feel like my job, I feel comfortable enough and safe enough that I could be my true self to a certain extent. Because mm-hmm. there's still a, a certain professionalism that I have to uphold. Right. Especially working in customer service. Um, and so I may come switch a little bit, but other than that, you know, I feel like I don't have to act like something else. Yeah. Can you explain what it is? Um, no, I'm no pro. If I do, if, let me look up the technical term. <clears throat> Just for like the Michelles of the world. Let's <laughs> see, code switching. Okay, so code switching. This is a quick Google search says in linguistics, code switching or language alternation occurs when a speaker alternates between two or more languages or language varieties in the context of a single conversation or situation. Multilinguists sometimes use elements of multiple languages when conversing. So like speaking, like they had an example of like speaking Spanish at home, but English in the classroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But also for, for like a black Americans, Mm -hmm. the AABE, which is African-American vernacular English, like certain slang words, I wouldn't say, Mm -hmm. or sometimes especially working like, my coworkers, some of my coworkers being black, or some of them being people of color. I feel very comfortable talking to this. Like I said, girl, like girl, like girl. This customer was bugging. Like they were, they were dumb, like dumb, dumb. And they'd be like, "Oh, what, what happened?" I'm like, "Child, she was stupid." Like, like it could be stuff like that. Like yeah. just that whole conversation. But mm-hmm. if I'm in front of a guest, I'd be like, "Hi, welcome. In. How are you doing?" They're like, "Oh, how's your day going?" Oh, it's you know, it's okay. It's good today. Yeah. Like, I child, girl, that's not the conversation. Right. Um, but I feel very comfortable talking about my, to my peers. Obviously, yeah. Yeah, like that. Mm-hmm. But when a guest walks in, because they're, they're expecting an experience. I feel like everyone in customer service has that mm-hmm. code switching. Absolutely. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I can see that. We're yeah. just, or, like, <laughs> it's just, and the language is the best way to say it, but I think it's the best example that I feel like would be, Hi, welcome in. Da, 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 da. Let me know if you have any questions. Da, 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 da. Right? And if you walk in, I'm like, Michelle, bitch, listen to this. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, and I feel like for me, the way I experienced it is one is more, especially in the customer service experience. Mm-hmm. One's more proper, one's more formal, um, professional, even. It's yeah. still inviting, but if I don't know you and you're walking through the door, I'm not going to be like, bitch, welcome in. Like, <laughs> But what if though? Right. And the only time I've really felt safe enough to switch back to that code, yeah, based off of where I work and my experience, if it is another person of color, and it's only if they meet me, if they address me with first, that. yeah, they go but, first, yeah. Like if I have my hair like in my like mm-hmm. twists, like my full long twists that I really like, and I'm just rocking them, and I've yeah. seen another, and it, it always makes me feel good too because it's particularly no, not even it was recently. It was recently where I had my hair blown out, my yeah. little pineapple Michelle, yeah. and I was just walking into work, right, yes. going down, and then it was this really beautiful older black woman, and she was a guest, and I just greeted her. I was like, "Good morning, ma'am," and she was like, "Girl, your hair is beautiful." I was like, "Oh, thank you," but she goes, "What are you using your hair?" I was like, "Child, like, like, <laughs> like," and there's a comfortability yeah. that comes to it because again, it, there's that seeing somebody that looks like you, mm-hmm. and then knowing, like, especially with black hair like that is part of the culture um 
And so there's a comfortability that comes for sure. I'm still very much professional in my settings, but I'll talk to her. I'm like, yeah, I'm like, you know, I was like, because you know, you blow out your hair and you get all curly. I was like, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to do that. And like, I would talk to her right. that way and she would get that and she wouldn't take it as a defensive thing. Right. She wouldn't say that I'm being unprofessional. She would say, we're having a conversation. Mm-hmm. And she gave me some tips. Oh. I took it. And then I said, you well, you have a good rest of your day, ma'am. You know, let me know if you have need anything. So I'm still professional. Cool switching doesn't mean you're not professional. Right. That's one thing. But like with her, it felt safe to do that. Or if I had another experience with a black woman, I kept realizing all my experiences with black women. <laughs> but like with a black couple that came in and she's like, see, I see one of us here. <laughs> and I was like, hi, welcome in, you guys. And she's like, she's like, girl, your hair looks nice. I was like, oh, thank you. Like, <laughs> But it's because she talked like she addressed me like that first so i felt safe to do that yeah now i wouldn't do that to like white people (laughs) right imagine like a world like where you can feel safe doing that all the time Mm -hmm. i think that'd be really nice i think it'd be really fun more interesting i think i would love that but the thing is too is it has to think i think it also has to do with the generation Mm -hmm. because i feel like if you walked into a hotel and you were wearing this gorgeous dress and you had, regardless, if you had, like, somebody that looked like me, a dress you like, girl, that, that dress is gorgeous. You wouldn't think, oh, she's being unprofessional. you just probably just say, oh, thank you. Right. Yeah. You're like, thank you. You know, you go about it. And you wouldn't take it as, like, her work ethic. You would just say that's who she is. Yeah, she seems nice. Right. I really think it has to do with the generation thing because mm-hmm. I feel like for sure, baby boomers, if they had, like, somebody- God, when we're old, we're going to have, like, something <laughs> totally different. <laughs> well, you know what? I feel like. I, I feel like as you get older, you stop giving the crap. Yeah. You stop giving a shit. Oh my God, I can't wait to be old. I can't wait to be old. Go to like Denny's at 2 a.m. in the morning. It's going to be great. God, I hit that now. Like, it's just, but I, I just think it's a different, like it's, it, I feel like it's definitely a generation thing because I feel like anybody who's older and addresses us like that, we don't think it's, uh, we don't think they're not doing their job properly. We just think that's part of who they are. Yeah. Like you're like, oh, they're being realistic. They're being very generous towards mm-hmm. me. They're being they're being themselves, and they're addressing like, especially if they give you a compliment or if they go, hey, welcome in, and you're like, hey, <laughs> like you wouldn't be like, she's being so unprofessional. No, yeah, you'd be like, she really enjoys her job. Mm-hmm. And that's about it. Yeah, I really think a lot of it. I'm ho- like you said. I hope the code switching thing is not a like when it comes to like being people can be more of the true self. Yeah, I think that's happening more and more in hospitality too. I think so too. Yeah, but until we, until then, code switching. Yeah, like throughout the whole book, I kind of felt like um, Nella was it like not. It felt like Nella was like sometimes creating this anxiety, but then also at the same time, um, Hazel was actually making her feel like this. It was kind of like that, like sense was throughout the whole book. It was very. That was like the, the suspenseful part. Like whether she was creating her own anxiety mm-hmm. or if it was being caused by Hazel. Yeah. I think it was really well written in that fact. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like that a lot. It was really good. Definitely like put that vibe out there for me too. I was <laughs> like, ooh, ooh. Kind of the feeling of like, is it me or is it them? Right. And yeah. this is my reaction to them. Mm-hmm. Like, is it all in my head? I feel like that's a true thing that like black people go through. We're like, is this am I am I just am I being a lot right now? Right. Or 
is this is really what it is? Is this actually happening? Oh yeah, especially when it comes to they talk about microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing. Especially now with our generation. I feel like people when you talk about racism, yeah, people are talking they're expecting the clan to come down in horses and their stupid ass ghost sheets like yes. come down and you know like pitchforks and the burning cross and that's what they expect racism to be. Yeah. And anything that's not that, they don't expect it to be. And you're like, no, racism is a is a spectrum of things, right. not just blatant racism. Because mm-hmm. I'd rather deal with blatant racism because it's a lot easier to explain. But mm-hmm. to explain to somebody microaggressions, when people are like, well, maybe you're just being sensitive, which is a lot of the things that I have experienced, especially when it comes to hair mm-hmm. or how people approach me. I've had people say, well, maybe you're just being a little sensitive about things. Yeah. And you're like, and that's where I talk about the fear of being gaslit. If I bring something up and they go, I'm like, hey, like this person was talking about my hair. And if I'm being professional, people are like, like well, maybe am I just- in the wrong here? Like- exactly. And it makes you feel like you're going crazy. You're yeah. like, is it me or is- are they just being assholes? Oh, yeah. Are they being like semi-racist? Right. Like, or are they just not semi? It's just either you are or you're not. Right. But it's just like, are they being like the microaggressions mm-hmm. thing? It's like when that late, when I tell you about the hair, like I'm just sitting here minding my business. I welcome her in. It's a good day for me. And there was an older white woman and she just looked at me and she goes, they really hired you with that hair? And I'm like, oh, that would be a microaggression. Yeah. And you know what I thought? Because I was like, you know, I could be pissed about this. I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I could be real pissed about this. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, I was like, I took a pause and I took a breath and then I looked at her hair and I realized this bitch got a bald spot. She's jealous. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> and that's how I calmed down a little bit. Yeah. And I was like, it's still a microaggression, but I know where it's coming from. So she's like, they really hired you with that? And I go, yes, they promoted me with it as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> how can I assist you? <laughs> oh my God. I love, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm saying like that, Mm-hmm. Like that type of stuff is where I think, okay, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm being sensitive about it. I'm not being sensitive. There's no reason. Like, why would you think that's appropriate to talk to somebody that way? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then again, it was like an, an older lady mm-hmm. with a bald spot. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but you know, sadly. Yeah. But you know how earlier I was talking about the importance of having diversity of people that you work with? Yeah. I was just going to brush that aside. I thought maybe it was like, maybe it's just me. But the, I felt so seen because my manager, mm-hmm. who I work under, is a black woman. And if she called, you know, called from her desk. And I picked up. I was like, hey, hello. And the next thing you know, I hear her saying, what's her problem? What's wrong with your hair? Your hair is beautiful. What oh is she talking God. about your hair for? I love her so much. Right? And I just remember thinking, I felt so seen because Aww. it, it kind of reassured the fact that I right. wasn't like sitting here being sensitive, quote unquote. No. That's a real thing. Mm-hmm. And that she was being microaggressive. And my manager, who's also happened to be a black woman, called her out. Like while she was gone, it just helped me feel like feel better. Was I'm not going crazy? She was like, "No, no, no, that's 100 percent rude." Yeah. And you go, okay. Well, I'm glad yeah. she was able to hear that. Oh, absolutely. But it's just it's a tricky thing. I think it's one thing that everybody. There's some situations that can, how you handle things can vary, but I think most people, especially when it comes to women of color mm-hmm. or just women, like such as yourself as mm-hmm. well. Like, you want to be heard and understood when problems arise. Right. Oh, my God. Especially when it comes to microaggression. I can totally connect with that. Yeah. Well, you just said being heard and understood. Yeah. Like, especially as a woman, like, I can connect with Nella because she's not, like, in this book, she's portrayed as not very outspoken. She's very nervous in front of her boss. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to say 
it's hard to say what she's like trying to like convey mm -hmm. to them yeah you know and i get that all the time but like at the beginning like i there's this also undertone of like she's no she's an actually an, an independent woman yeah she's strong as fuck mm -hmm. this character she's just been at this job too long and they've like drained her like i don't know creativity out of her yeah. her life her yeah. force and i'm like oh my god this book is like totally speaking <laughs> to me <laughs> and i was like i was not ready for this to like get this like deep into my own psyche and, and that's for you from like my own job and how my experiences are right now currently with my job i'm just like mind you your boss because i had him as well before he laid me off is a man yeah an older man gentleman mm -hmm. we'll say that um mm -hmm. <laughs> um so i i just felt like i understood where she's coming from now like she's not this person she is this like amazing like woman mm -hmm. she's not like because i kind of felt angry at her in the beginning i was like why are you like this yeah. like but then i understood like after a while i was like oh my god i'm just like her <laughs> I, i'm like dried out no, no. a little husk <laughs> no and it's just like her like whole like fighting spirit is just taken away and i'm, I'm like wow I didn't. I was not ready for this to book to be so real. <laughs> you know what I thought was interesting about Nella mm -hmm. in the book was that if Pearl, who I think is important to stress, is pearl black as Nella was. When I say pearl black, right? Sorry, I'm chewing on tomato. It's important for me to say this though. When I say pearl black, it doesn't mean anti-white or anti-anything else, right? That's important because mm -hmm. I feel like you hear pro black people think, well, white people, I'm like, first of all, I'm not worried about white people. <laughs> right. Pro black means you're for your culture, you're for your people. Mm -hmm. But they're not anti exactly. anything. Exactly. It's a positive towards a culture, no negatives anywhere else. And mm -hmm. um, I think it's interesting that as pro black as Nella was, she also was in an interracial relationship. Yeah. Her boyfriend, Owen. Owen. His name is Owen. Right. I'm like, that's white as fuck. You know what I'm, she I'm didn't, She didn't have to say that he was white. I'm like, I know he's white. Yeah. I just love that. I'm like, I really wanted him to go, wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> the whole time, too. I was like thinking that, too. I was like, why am I picturing Owen Wilson but, right now? I think it's important to Oh, show. my God. What if Owen Wilson played Owen? No. <laughs> wow. No. Wow. That, that would come off a little sketch. Yeah. He's too old. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's important that, like, they talked about it. Because I think sometimes, too, when people talk about, especially black women and, like, white guys, mm -hmm. or interracial dating, specifically with black people, I like the fact that she was, like, telling him, like, there's there's a fact that they should, like, educate him. Yeah. There's a fact that you can tell that they genuinely enjoy each other's company yeah. and are in love. And, and he like super interested in like exactly. her culture and everything. But I think it's super important too when it comes to interracial dating to also like one. I don't have I don't want to have to educate you on everything racism black. Yeah, but to just be aware mm -hmm. that especially with Owen on the social ladder of things running, he's the top dog. He's a man and he's white. But also to be the understanding that like you know what I'm saying. 
yeah. was that he was aware he wasn't he wasn't gaslighting her. No. He knew about the culture, and he was also willing to be there to be corrected. And, and he would also like try to go out of his way to do stuff with her, like um, in her culture, and mm-hmm. like watch movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he like he like. It- yeah, it was genuinely interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because people talk, I think that it can happen so easily where they just think, oh, you're you're Black American, you're American. We don't have, we have the same, it shouldn't matter. And you're like, it does. It does. It's going to matter when it comes to how people approach me, like, and my children. And depending, because, you know, genetics is funny, like, children can be coming out the same color as me or a little darker. Yeah. Or they can be really light-skinned. <laughs> right. And, and it's important. So funny. Exactly. And it's important to me. And, and if you're going to be with me, like if I'm thinking Manella, you need to know my struggles. Mm-hmm. Not only because if you, because the thing is too, you, like you and your husband, Mike is never going to be a man. Oh, excuse me. Never going to be a woman. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But you know what I meant, right? Mike is never going to be a man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and I said that in front of his wife. Yeah. She's never going to be in a woman's place. Yeah. But if you told him this is the sh- like sexist shit that I went through. Oh, yeah. He's going to be like, that's fucked up. It would and be, he's going to be yeah. aware of it. And mm-hmm. I think it's important to also know that when it comes to race mm-hmm. and stuff. Because like when I tell you, like as my friend, if I say, this is the stuff that's like happened to me. And even if you're confused, I, I don't mind like liberating. Like I'll say like, this is the reason it's wrong. But yeah. you could, but even you'll be like, that's fucked that's up. Fucked up. <laughs> like, I know it's fucked up. Like. <laughs> And I think it's important to do that specifically when it goes to your significant other. Mm-hmm, for Wait, sure. Michelle's husband is the manliest of mans. <laughs> <laughs> he he wrote the Mulan song. <laughs> be a man. Be a man. <laughs> oh my god. You should tell him I said that. You should show him this clip. Yeah. <laughs> like, ooh, he's never going to want me over again. No. <laughs> oh. He'll laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, damn. damn. Like, that's bullshit. I'm not right here. I'm like, that's not what I meant. Love it. <laughs> Tomatoes. I was going to say something that I forgot. Welcome to my world. Yeah. How's it? How's it? <laughs> not fun. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. You want a mayo? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, oh, now we're gonna enter the Twilight Zone. <laughs> Who is Eva? I'm not asking you because you should know this, right? Eva. Got my memory. All right. So. We are introduced to um, Shawnee. Yeah. And she is a woman whose career Eva, a.k.a. Hazel, has sabotaged. So Shawnee is another Black woman who worked in publishing Mm -hmm. down in Boston. Yeah. And Hazel walked in just like she did in the beginning of this book into that job. And micro-aggressed her way through it. (laughs) Okay. And like totally like took Shawnee and like made her seem crazy or like made her say things and like told it to her boss like she told hey Shawnee told Eva who was who's Hazel uh-huh um something in confidence you know mm-hmm. and then Hazel turned around told it to her boss and to like 
got it published or whatever saying that like all white people are suck or whatever i don't know something like that on the, those lines that's funny it's taking out contents or something mm-hmm. context and uh she gets fired isn't that what she starts doing with nilla but then one time Nella tells her about this, the notes, yeah. and then all of a sudden she tells Richard, and she was thinking, wow, you opened your big mouth, and it was only supposed to be meant for you. Yeah. Yeah, so she definitely repeats herself with Nella. So this Shawnee character, she joins, like, this resistance in the underground group tracking Hazel and OBGs, other black, black girls. girls. Yeah, 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 yeah. OBGs, Tom's. right? The OBGs are driven, competitive women who infiltrate corporate workplaces and convert normal black women into compliant yet materially successful shades of themselves. They are willing to do anything to get the top even if they want to like destroy other colleagues. Their other black colleagues. And that's why they call them Uncle Tom. Mm -hmm. They'll do anything that gets to the top to people please oh yeah, yeah, yeah and like totally like just be like so even if they're racist we'll just go like smile and wave boys oh yeah yeah and then the thing is too is they do they they talk about her boyfriend is that just a cover-up um i feel like is it hazel's boyfriend yeah i think she's actually dating him he's like a dominican yeah guy, right and he's like um because at one point isn't richard sleeping with hazel as well or am i just daydreaming we thought that. Okay. Yeah, Nella and I thought that. <laughs> Nella and I, like y'all just texting back and forth. Yeah. I totally thought that Hazel was sleeping with Richard the boss, but I don't think they ever were. I think they were just more cahoots with these OBGs because mm-hmm. lo and behold, Richard started it. He started the OBGs? Yeah. He started it with none other than Diana, or whatever her name is. Yeah, Diana, the one who lost her husband. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because they have a serum, too, that's in the hair grease. grease. Yeah, yeah, here we go, into the sci-fi part. (laughs) This is my, from chapter 15 and on, I really like this book because it goes really deep and dive into, like, this, like, like, super sci-fi, like, kind of like the blob kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, because I did, I'm at that point right now, they talk about the hair grease, and they're talking about the correcting the potion so that it's not as potent. Yeah. Oh my god, girl. It's crazy. So, like, Diana has a friend who's a scientist. Another black girl scientist. Yeah. Dope. But she makes this hair grease that is either chemically or hormonally, like, combined to make other women, like, suppress their blackness and become obedient to more like white ideals i think we call that relaxer i'm joking (laughs) completely joking anybody who likes to relax your hair do it as long as it makes you happy enough for anybody else and as long as your hair is healthy Mm -hmm. healthy for sure but (laughs) damn yeah, it gets like. Do they ever explain deep. to Richard? I mean, it probably doesn't leave an explanation, but does Richard ever explain as to why he started the OBGs? Um, he didn't actually start it. It was uh, Diana. Diana, and he just found out about it, and he became like a, a conspirator. Yeah, she so started he it because... takes like girls like Hazel and drops them into different companies, and they work their some their way up to the top of these companies. So, and Diana started it because 
Um, she was besties with Kendra. And I think there goes a point where she does miss Kendra. So, like, with Kendra and Diane, like, in the beginning of the book, you see them, they're best friends. Mm-hmm. They're editor and author of this one best-selling book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, everything's going great, and then one day, uh, Kendra disappears, right? Because well, I think it's, like, a mental breakdown. Apparently, someone, she's had, like, a mental breakdown. But, you want to know why? Hair grease? It was the hair grease, the first trial hair grease they had made her go kind of crazy and so they they blatantly like used the hair grease on her as like a trial guinea pig without her consent without her fucking consent she did not know what was in this hair grease hi welcome to america and she she (laughs) she used this hair grease and it got into her brain and um made her scalp all itchy Mm. so now she has this condition of being itchy all the time all the time. I'm like, baby. You know, that reminds me of, you know that's been done in the United States, right? Yeah. I forget the name of it, but there was a trial, from what I can understand, I believe it was a trial that had to do with, like, testing, excuse me, it was, a, I'll have to find it somewhere and show you, but it does talk about, like, vaccines, I think it was. First of all, let's not even compare what we're going through right now to currently. But I think there was a back in the day where these doctors were testing this medicine. I think it's supposed to be like a vaccine for something on happy to be like low income families, like poor, like black families. Yeah. And they were telling them, I think it was like medicine or a vaccine for something. So, you know, of course, people try to, you know, be healthy. They're going to them. What they were really doing was using them as guinea pigs as a test subject. And it was syphilis. They were giving them syphilis to see how syphilis would, how it interacted with black people. No, oh God. that's a real thing. I'm going to Google that right now. No wonder people are so like anti-vax now. Well, specifically, I think and that, fuck. let's see, I think it was, a uh, uh, especially in like the, the black community too, you see it and I was like wondering why. Well, that's why too, like culturally, like black people are real hesitant to go to any type of doctors because of the abuse that's been right done throughout the history. history. Yeah. Like, you know, the gynecologist, that study, like that's great for women now and the study of it and the doctors, but I don't know. There's a doctor how that started was a doctor taking enslaved women and just practicing on them without any like medicine or, or, and just practicing on them because there was a belief and that belief of black people having a higher tolerance of pain, which is not fucking true. No, That belief, I think carried on all the way to like 2006. Like it was in medical books that there was like a study that a bias that showed that like black people in so many words had a higher tolerance of pain. So in 2006, they were still like, believing that was a, a true. I think so. I think what it was like, fuck? I think it was in, like, it's still in the books. Obviously that's not true. Um, but there's yeah. definitely, I think the Tus- Tusky study deters. I think that's what it was called. The Tusky studies. Let me see. Exactly. So the, it's uh, the Tuskegee syphilis study. The Tuskegee study of untreated syphilis in the Negro male was a study conducted between 1932 and 1972. So 40 years by the United States Public Health Service and the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention on a group of nearly 400 African-Americans with syphilis. That's fucked up. 
Oh yeah. So that like you're talking about like how they used um not Shawnee, but uh Kendra. Mm-hmm. They used Kendra without her knowledge of knowing what was in that hair grease right. on her to see how it would run. Yeah. And I, that just instantly reminded me of the Tus- Tusky studies. Yeah, same thing. Holy fuck. Yeah, and it's just like, but the thing, that's why I wasn't surprised by it. Because it's, it's, and I didn't know about that American, like that personal study until a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. There's so much in American history. Oh, yeah. Where, when it comes to like people of color and black people mm-hmm. that the United, like the government has done to people of color and black people that are just cover ups. They, they don't tell you about it. No, yeah. It's like the stories they don't tell you about it. And it just pisses me off. Yeah. It just makes me so like it, it makes me angry. Yeah, and that's why when people are like, don't you want to know about American history? I'm like, the, the, that's why they don't go into it into public schooling because they know if they really go into it, it'll piss you the fuck off. Mm-hmm. And it does, and that's why I don't want to like it. I want to remain. I shouldn't, but part of me really wants strongly wants to remain strongly ignorant of American history because I know if it if it really went into depth of what they did to people of color. And what they've done for women, mm-hmm. it would piss me off. Yeah, it would just piss me off. And they made people make it sound like it was like centuries ago, like thirty, not thirty, like three hundred years ago. It was like you're like it happened so long ago. It was only a hundred years ago. Like, Rude, I am but talking, you. right? And they make it sound like it was so long ago. Yeah. And then you're like, no, there's studies from 1972. Mm-hmm. You're like, there's people who are still alive. Yeah. This is a generation of people who are still alive. So it's like I don't know. I feel like this book, in so many ways, like, like I get it was horror, like sexual, psychological, like suspense and thriller, but a lot of it I've either thought myself mm-hmm. or I've experienced myself. So I felt like I was like, oh, I can't finish this book. <laughs> it's, it's, Can I just remind you that you're the one who picked this book out? I am the one, but I didn't know it was going to be like this. <laughs> I didn't like, that's the one thing, especially with a lot of books now is before I used to read a lot of the book, like the synopsis, which you should, no, no against yeah. that. Not against that. But the synopsis, and I'd be like, you know, this book looks interesting. But I knew we were trying to go into a more, like, different types of genre. Mm-hmm. So for me, I was like, this book I see is pretty popular. Yeah. Before I read anything about it, let me just put it on our list. Because, like, I know a small gist of it. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me just put it on our list. Because it says it's a horror. It has to do with the other black girl. I'm like, I really, I was like, we haven't read horror. And I really, you know, any time to support a black author, I'm down yeah. for it. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, let's just do that. And then let's just go into a blind. Which has which we been, did. Yeah, which we did. And, you know, it has I been, think that's probably good because it was very suspenseful that way. Yeah. Like, I, I don't mean, know there's been on. a couple of books we've done like that. Mm-hmm. I think the Yellow, the Yellow Wife was one yeah. of those books where I'm just like, I read about it and I liked it, but I was like, oh, crap, this is not the type of book. And then even you were at one point were like, can we, can we read a fantasy? <laughs> Can we read? Can we read a fantasy, fantasy please? <laughs> and that's how I was telling Michelle, I'm like this book starts really slow, and then towards the end of it, I was like, "Can we read a fantasy, please? I want to read something spicy and fairy-like, yeah, or dragons." Ooh, talking about dragons, we put a pin in that. <laughs> <laughs> dragons, dragons, dragons. Hell yeah, I'm ready for some dragons or ice barbarians. <laughs> I'm reading those on the side. <laughs> side pages? The side pages. Those are some dirty side pages, y'all. <laughs> so I dirty. like a spicy book. Oh, God, I love it. But go on. Go on. I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, where were we? So, yeah. This, like, cream, this hair grease, mm-hmm. um, is 
crazy and like makes you very complicit to white supremacy. Um, but like you can't like my point like my thing I was thinking about re- when I read this mm-hmm. I was like and Nella kind of got there too in the end mm-hmm. she we I was like um you can't get rid of like stereotypes mm-hmm. if you just numb them you right. know and that's what they're doing with this hair grease you're mm-hmm. just numbing it you're not getting rid of it you're not changing anything like um you can't change the world by being complicit you know oh yeah you gotta get up, stand out, and be loud and proud. You gotta put some ripples in the water. Mm-hmm. It's gonna make people uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's, it's weird to see Hazel's character be complicit because she talks about her grandparents marching. She talks, she goes to like this black literary club for young black girls and helps them out. And it's just a weird double-sided, double-sided person. Mm-hmm. Very like, I think that's, one thing I've I've, I've heard constantly, not all kin folk are skin, not all skin folks are kin folks. Oof. <laughs> yeah, and it essentially it's saying that just because you're from the same culture doesn't mean they're for you. Yeah, and I think that's another thing that people kind of look out for because there's there's and that don't that doesn't even talk about just black people. You can talk about that with women. There and there's some women out there who really strongly, hundred percent believe that women should be submissive. And be the like submissive and subservient to men. Yeah. And there's some women who are like, fuck that. Like, if I can change a tire, I'm just using this example, but like, if I can change a tire faster and better than any man on here, then why shouldn't I be able to do it? Mm-hmm. If he's great at being a chef and cooking, why shouldn't he do that? Like, and so I think it's kind of the same thing. It's just like with women, it's like just because you're a woman doesn't mean she's gonna be for women. Right. Yeah. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to like black people, just because she just happens to be black doesn't mean she's really for black people. Mm-hmm. Because you can also, you can do whatever you want with your life. But it, it's like, you know, that's what I've realized is like, you can do whatever you want with your life. It's your life. But the minute your beliefs as a black person start to hinder my, like my life as a black woman or a black person, that's when you start to be called a sellout mm-hmm. or an uncle Tom. In my perspective, right. in my learning, I'm not speaking for anybody else, but that's from like how I've seen it represented a little bit. Like most people are like, do whatever you want to do. It's your life. Yeah. As long as you're trying to be happy about it. But the minute- And you're not hurting other people. Exactly. But she's hurting other people. Exactly. And that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. That's when it becomes, they start calling her a sellout mm-hmm. and an Uncle Tom. They're like, you're willing to step on the necks of other women and black women or like people of color in order to get to the top. Yeah. And- if you, you know, put us in a room with a group of races, they're both going to see us as black. Right. And that's where it's like, it's like, you're not better than me. Like, we're in the same boat, mm-hmm. and essentially, and that's why they call her that. So Hazel, well, because I know in the beginning of the book with Nella, they start her off, like, towards the end of the books, and then they kind of go into her story. Mm-hmm. Because in the beginning of the book, she talks about, uh, you don't know why, but she talks about how she, she is. No, no, that was um, that was Kendra's point of view. Was it Kendra's? Yeah, it was, it was when my... she was running away. Oh, it was Kendra's point of view of running away and um, leaving Richard and Diana and everyone. Well, that makes sense. I mean, either way, mm-hmm. see, I think Nella even talks about the hair grease being really potent and smell. Yeah, she didn't like it. Yeah. And she never used it. She only used it like one time because she yeah. was the only thing she had on her. Yeah. And she said it was really it was like heavy in cocoa butter. And too sweet. Yeah. yeah. Too sweet. Um, But I think it's just interesting that like 
Hazel is a perfect example of that. Like, she's definitely not. Re- There's a like poser. She's definitely mm-hmm. not for the community. She'll she'll use it to get what she wants. Right. And when she does, she'll leave you. Yeah. And I think that's the sad thing. I mean, it's that, sad. That's that's. I feel like there's a lot of people like that in life as mm-hmm. well too. Like, uh, yeah. not to justify that, say that it's correct. Yeah. But she's not the first person to ever do that either. No. In any race. Exactly. Yeah. Any race. Like, it doesn't have to be race. It can be sex. Yeah. Any sex. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Because I'm sure you've probably met some women that like, you should cook and clean and do this and have sex whenever your husband wants you to and do this. And you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I was not put on this damn earth just to be subservient to some mother's son. Right? Cheers <laughs> 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 to that. that. Oh, and you're like, like, I got a heartbeat, I got thoughts. Right. I have feelings. Yeah. And you're like, and I, I have my strengths and he has his strengths as well. Mm-hmm. And if we come together as a team, yeah. as a life partners, we'll do great. But when people try, it's the minute when society tries to tell you, because you look like this or because you were born like this, this is the role that you need to play, not in order for you to be happy, but in order for us to accept you. Mm-hmm. And that's messed up. It is. Honest, because then at the end of the day, if this is your one life mm-hmm. and you should do what makes you happy. Right. As long as it doesn't make it doesn't hurt you or people you love or anybody else. Look what anybody else has to say. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. And I think that's important because people think, well, and I, and that's easier to say than what it's done. Because there's so many different scenarios that can put in that. Mm-hmm. But it's an important thing that I try to live by as well. Yeah. Like I think everyone, yeah, should live by that. Yeah, I mean, again, easier said than done. Yeah. Depending on the circumstances. Because sometimes yeah. it's just hard, and I'm like... Because, you know, I've heard stories of people like, this is the person I fell in love with, and that I adore, and makes me a better person. And maybe they don't come from the, the same culture, and the parents mm-hmm. are ready to write you off. And you're like, okay, well, am I going to be with the love of my life, and essentially have no family mm-hmm. to back me? Or am I going to go with what my family wants and I be miserable and not be with the love of my life? Right. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. I've never been in that circumstance and I don't ever see myself, well, at least me being the person to make that decision because I have parents, you've met my parents, Mm -hmm. I have phenomenal parents that be like, I don't fucking care what he looks like as long as they treat you right. Yeah. Do you. (laughs) Um, But I can definitely see how other people struggle with that. Yeah. It's a lot. And so, uh, you know, Take it where you do what makes you happy. Mm-hmm. That is all I gotta say. That you is only, my. You only got one life. Yeah. I mean, unless you're reincarnated. I wish. <laughs> you only got this one life, and then the next life that you have is not gonna be the same exact one. So do this one right. Yeah. As much as you as can. As long as I don't end up as a cricket or a cockroach, I'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie's sermon of the day. <laughs> Don't end up as a cockroach and don't end up depending on the culture, cricket's pretty good too. We are yeah. way off topic. Yeah, this you're now you're cricket. I'm cockroach. I'm not sure what's happening. You're not here. a cockroach. <laughs> and Mike is a I, manly man. <laughs> Be a man. Be a man. There's the bottle of champagne. Anyway. I think we're getting into the end of the book now. Yes, yes. Where I want to spoil some things. I will listen because I didn't read the rest of the book. So I, look me. I mean, so spoiler alert for everyone else who doesn't want to listen. Spoiler alert. One thing I didn't like about the book at the end Mm -hmm. was that in the, 
Nella. Oh. I love her. Mm-hmm. But, but she, at the end of the book, she drank the red Kool-Aid. And she joined them. She joined Hazel. She's compromised. <laughs> She's compromised. Um, and she goes, she goes to um, a magazine firm or ma- another editing place, mm-hmm. like, on the West Coast. And Shawnee is there. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm the new boss now. And then Shawnee's like, well, fuck. <laughs> no! Not again! <laughs> and she's got her hair all greased off and chopped off and it's like slicked back. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I'm like, I do not like this. I really wanted her to fight, fight it. So I'm kind of interested. Uh, I hope there's a second book because there needs to be like some resolve there. I, I think that's interesting. So it's, 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 interest, be- it's actually very interesting how they left it because it's very Twilight Zone-esque how she left off. Because you think it's just like you think she'd like fight the man. You think, like, but then it's just like she just becomes this OBG and then like it's just like do 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 She's one of them now. Yeah. Yeah. So I like it, but I also don't like it, but I like it. So you're, you're mad that the main character you were rooting for to kind of fight the power and go against the grain yeah. ends up being the fucking sheep. Yeah. I kind of see that. Yeah. I mean, but you have to realize, too, Nella's character has all been about power and that's all she's wanted. Like, yes, she was for black folk mm-hmm. in the beginning, but I, I don't know. I feel like she starts to... Well, she changes because she starts using the the hair grease. the hair grease. Yeah. So yeah, there's a whole like. Oh, do you know what happens with her and Owen? Are they still together? So that's my thing is I don't know. That's why my question is: Is she still with Owen? Is she still friends with her friend Malika? I'm not sure. Ooh, yeah, how that would blend too, because her friend Malika is mm-hmm. like not is really pro black. Oh yeah, she would not be for this at all. She was barely for her date Owen. Yeah. Owen had to prove himself. And you know, I won't lie, that's kind of a thing. I feel like you're, if you a white person coming into black spaces, mm-hmm. you're going to be looked at side-eyed. Because mm-hmm. it's like, you're either going to be for us, as in like an ally, or you're going to be fucked up. Yeah. Because one thing is that, you know, especially if it's like a friend or family, it's like you don't want to be going into a space and then like if you had like a black sister and then have her walking into a household that's blatantly racist towards her and aggressive. You'd be pissed as like an older sister. Yeah. Versus like being being okay, like knowing that whoever her partner she picked would have her back regardless. Regardless, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's kind of the same thing. But no, I'm not too surprised that Nella, you know, drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah. That doesn't surprise me. I always feel like she was a little, like, while she was for black people, like, you said, she started using her grease. I feel like she was kind of on that fence as to whether, like, like corporate and, um, Japanese and, well, that and job success. Yeah. Because that's what, she talked about that a lot. Yeah. Versus being there for her people and the sacrifice that might, depending on how far you're going to go for that. Because mm-hmm. even when she talks to Malika, Malika's like, just quit, leave your job, go to another place. And there's always a point where she's like, I don't know. I might not. Yeah. I'm like, are you really okay with... There's even a point where she got all the evidence she needed. Yeah. She could just take it to Kendra. She could take it to, to the, the people who are trying to help her. And she didn't. Why didn't she? Because 
my guess is that she was already converted slowly. Mm. She's like, yeah. So yeah, it was interesting. It was an interesting book. I personally, because I know I have, you guys know I didn't finish the book. I give it like a three and a half stars for me. Like three, strong mm-hmm. three, three and a half stars. I give it a four stars. Really? Out of five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four out of five. Um, Just because it was a good suspense book. Okay. Yeah. Yes, I did pick this book. But you know, I'm allowed to not like the books I pick. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But it was definitely different than anything we have read. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. I'm ready to... I want to read about some bad boys. Some dragons. Yes. I'm so excited. So maybe we should, like, see what we want to do for the next book. Oh, yeah. Michelle and I, I'm like, I need a fantasy. Talking about dragons and fantasy. Okay. I was wondering if you want to read Aragorn. Hmm. It's about dragons. It's about this boy. You lost me. I'm <laughs> I know. It's like our first character who's like a male character. Boo. No. Yeah. Boo. But it's like, I don't know. I've always wanted to read it. You ever read it either? Mm-hmm. It's a series, but we can only just, we could read the first one and see how it goes. But you know when we start a series, it's going to have a cliffhanger and you got to have to finish it. I know. Yeah. But we'll see how it goes. If you don't like it, you don't have to worry about it. I'll just read it by myself and cry. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. How would you feel about reading Aragorn by Christopher Paoloni? I'm down. Yeah. I'm down. But only if you eat one of these dumplings. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let's have the next book be... Or is it Aragon? Mm-hmm. All right. I am down. Aragon. Not Aragorn. That's the character yeah. from Lord of the Rings, Michelle. Is it Aragon? Wow. Wow. Aragon. There you go. It's okay. Um, and also, I was thinking about having my sister, Stephanie. Um, we'll have her as a... Yes. Guest. Hell yeah. Our first guest. Because she's read this book and she's going to read it again. Hell yeah. She loves it so much. Yeah. I'm down. We're going to have our first expert. <laughs> expert. <laughs> Stephanie's usually our experts. Yeah. <laughs> Stephanie's would say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I got some exciting news for you, Stephanie. Look at what I bought you. I think I got two things for you. Tomatoes? The first thing. I made business cards for us. <gasps> look how they turned out. Fucking cute! You guys see it? Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> she puts it on the mic. <laughs> you see it? <laughs> cute! You want to describe it? To our audio listeners. <laughs> to our audio- <laughs> <laughs> so it has our two like caricatures on. And then it has sake books, more books, tea. And then our logo on it. Mm-hmm. And it's got Michelle's blonde and pink hair. And then my poof. My poof. And then on the back, it says, listen now. And then it has our like monologue on it. Mm-hmm. And follow us on Instagram and tag us on social media. And it has a scan. I think it's super cute. So yeah, I'm going to give you half of these. Um, to like pass out. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. And then this is your birthday gift. I got a birthday gift. I know, but like this one came late. 
My birthday was in February. I know, but I like, just like giving Michelle shit. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I do this for you? <laughs> anyway, um, I bought these, and this is for you. <gasps> Fuck off, I'm reading. <gasps> yes, <laughs> it's a bookmark. I love it. Fuck off, I'm reading. And then I got this one for myself because it's like a two for one. Spread my pages. <laughs> <laughs> Spread my pages. Anyway, I can't take this to work. <laughs> I mean, I can. My bold ass would. You would. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah. Exciting things. Yes. And then one thing I do have to work on, I realize, like, I feel like life, like, this past, like, it's been, it's March. Mm -hmm. And these past three months, it's been slapping us in the face with life. And it's been so hard to be, like. Posting. Just, and, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I'll be like. Crap, because it's getting the busy season. I'm hoping to, as the busy season hits, if I can afford to, I'll just work four days. Mm -hmm. And that would help. But I think one thing that I realized that I haven't been doing is the content calendar, which I feel like really helps with keeping track with a lot of things. Yeah, yeah. Because um, was this past week my week? No, it was my week. Oh. Yeah, I posted one time and I was going to post again, but I forgot. That's what I always do. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's one thing I'll work on, definitely. Yeah. Because I feel like that helps. And then the other thing I wanted to ask is as the warmer summer hits, mm. did you want to record on the patio again at my parents? Ooh. Yeah. Because that was fun. As long as, you know, we have June bug spray. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the June bugs. I think that was fun. We did that, what, once? Yeah, like twice. twice? Once, twice. Yeah. Was it was fun. fun. It was nice and relaxing. Mm -hmm. And then we get to, I get to see your parents again. Yeah. They're lovely. They're okay. <laughs> they're, no, they're great. They're yeah. great. Yeah, so next book we're reading is Aragon. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. A lot of the books that we listen to for this podcast, I do, like, are, I'll listen to, like, going to and from work. Yeah. Doing grocery shopping, but also just cleaning, like, my dishes and doing housework or anything else I need to do. And that's how I kind of fit in, like, our reading. Mm -hmm. I have a book I need to finish that's, like, a physical book. But I realize that's how I like, like, the other black girl was just not cutting it for washing dishes. It was too slow for that. <laughs> but if I'm like washing dishes and there's a spicy scene, I'll be like, ooh. Or if there's a fight scene, I'm like, yeah, I get that last, like, get it. Yeah, that smudge off of the pan. I'd be yeah. like, yeah, fighter. Yeah. So I realized definitely that's how I fit it in. But yeah. So now, I love that. We're going to finish up some of our food and I got to start. Well, I'm doing some spring cleaning. I'm going to go watch a Batman. A Batman? The Batman. With uh, Edward Collins? Yeah. The Mood the mood King or whatever. I don't know. What are they calling him now? Brie, Brie would know. <laughs> I don't know, but I just refer to him as Edward Collins. Edward Collins in. Edward Collins. The Batman. The Batman. <laughs> That's our, sorry, Robert Pattinson. Uh, he hates us. So he doesn't know us to hate us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, follow us on Twitter at Lunch Break P, Facebook on Lunch Break P. Instagram at lunchbreak underscore podcast and TikTok lunchbreak underscore podcast. And we have a Kofi account too. It's all on our little link tree in the bios. Yes. So you can find it there. Yes. Next time you see us, we'll have a guest. And it'll yes. be confusing because there'll be two stuff in these on here. Hell yes. Yes. All okay, right. bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>